What's up guys, Jeff Cavalier, AthleanX.com. You have to stop squatting like this. Now here's the thing. There are so many causes of this and many other squat problems that a lot of times it's very difficult for us to come to grips with the fact that we're actually making this mistake when we squat. And one of the most helpful things you can do is actually film yourself when you're squatting so you can see what, what's happening here and be very objective about it. But I can tell you this, as a physical therapist, this is a complex problem. There's a lot of potential reasons, but I will tell you, Regardless of what your, your cause is, you do need to fix it. Because we know that the most important thing you can do when you're squatting is to try to establish a vertical bar path, which means that the bar needs to go straight up and down. I'm not talking about the angle of your torso, because that will change whether you're high bar squatting or low bar squatting. What I'm talking about is no matter what position you get that bar in, you need to be able to move it vertically. And that's for a lot of different reasons. I don't care whether you're, you're training just to be stronger, right? And there we need to make sure that we're, we're being efficient, right? Because with bar path efficiency is going to be critical to your strength. You want no wasted strength. But even just for overall athleticism and performance in the gym, you still want to have and perform the exercise right. So let's talk about if you're the, someone that does this, here's what potentially could be happening. First and foremost, where is the setup of the bar when you start? Potentially, you're starting with a posterior, too far posterior setup, meaning the bar, if you were to drop a line straight down, is not going through the center of your foot. And we know that the best balance point for your foot is going to be the center of your foot, just slightly behind the ball of your foot. And we know that if we can get that bar set up there and then establish that patterning of straight up and down, we'll be in a good position on the squat. But a lot of times we'll get that bar a little bit behind that, a little bit more over the heels, and it doesn't come back to bite us until we try to get out of there. And what, why that is is because if the bar is sitting back further, when I go to push up against it, I'm pushing into that positioning. I'm pushing up where from the back of the hips the low back goes up first as opposed to driving the entire torso up. And that almost encourages my hips to do the initiating of that, which if my hips go up, we'll talk about it a little bit more in depth in a second, then my torso and the rest of my thoracic spine is gonna fall forward. Okay, but we wanna make sure that if we're gonna set up properly, we set up over the center of our foot. The next thing we could be dealing with is a dorsiflexion immobility, meaning we lack the ability to get our ankle into dorsiflexion as you see my ankle moving here. Because we know as we go deeper into the squat, the requirements of our ankle to get into more and more dorsiflexion are higher. In order to get to the bottom of a squat and proper depth, that dorsiflexion has to be there. And if we don't have it, what happens? As we're going down into the squat, we start to lose the ability to deepen into our ankle, and therefore our knees go a little bit more forward, the body gets thrown offline, and you would actually see this forward bar path happen a lot sooner really more towards the descent and not what I was showing you in the beginning here where it actually seems to go down properly and then make this drastic alteration. So if we're talking about that drastic alteration where we actually could get down straight and then we see this big U shape on the way up, now we're dealing with probably one of three other things. The first thing I would always start questioning is quad weakness. Now why is that? Because when we get down to the bottom, that is when our quads are going to be the most in demand. And again, even if I'm doing a low bar squat, which is less quad dominant, it's still going to be the point in that squat that the quads are most in demand. 
So I have to have adequate strength there. And if you don't have the ability to get down here and with good strength, then what happens is your hips, the stronger posterior chain muscles are gonna be recruited instantly. Your body's smart and knows how to get out of the hole. So it's gonna lean you forward to recruit those muscles more efficiently and then start driving up. And of course, as you come up, you're gonna torso correct, right? Your body will come up and then straighten back out again. Now, if you are able to get to the bottom of a squat, however, and hold it and perform pause reps, then you're likely not dealing with a quad weakness. You have good stability and strength under heavy load at the bottom of a squat, you're not likely dealing with quad weakness. And that's actually why I very much encourage the use of pause reps a lot in our training, so we can make sure that we're not dealing with quad weaknesses here. But it does not uh, take away the fact that there's something else wrong. The next thing that I would look for is weakness in the retractors of the scapula. Your ability to hold your, your, your scapula tight the entire rep so what times often happens is people will go down and they'll be good, they'll be nice and tight in the setup and they're either forgetting about the tightness as they get down to the bottom because the focus becomes more on what am I going to do to get out of the hole or they simply don't have the strength to maintain the tight torso, the tight retracted scapula as they initiate out of the hole. And this is actually something that goes back to a point I made before. I actually said the one thing you should be doing every single day, every single day after your workouts are face pulls. Why? because face pulls are in incredibly important in reinforcing the number one strength deficit we probably face as human beings because of what we do posturally all day long. And that is pretty much try to counteract any benefits of having scapular strength. All the things we do are in front of us. The weakness is, is, is apparent in most of us because of the, the posture that our, our shoulders assume from doing all this stuff. You need to work on your ability to get there. But I said very importantly, you might be somebody that thinks that you're doing the right work because you're doing hundreds of reps. Maybe you're doing 100 reps of face pulls, you're doing 100 reps of band pull-aparts, and you think you're doing the right thing. I would argue that means nothing. I want you to do high-quality, focused contraction reps. You'd better off be doing 20 sets of one than one set of 20, is something I've said many, many times before. If you find that you're getting to the bottom and you're exhibiting this squat pattern that I showed you in the beginning here, I would focus much more on First of all, including both band pull-aparts and face pulls if you aren't already, but more so concentrating on how you're performing them. Squeeze every single rep as if it's the only one you're going to do. Focus on getting a good contraction. Hold it. Maintain it. Get better at, at, at being able to sustain those contractions so that when you do go through a squat, it's not a momentary ability to do it, but it's a consistent ability to do it up and down throughout the squat. And then finally, we get into this sort of situation where it could just be habitual patterning. So let's say you had an ankle mobility issue that you never worked on. And by the way, I have a whole video on how to address the ankle immobility, that dorsiflexion immobility. I'll link it for you guys to make sure you can see that because that is a very popular and common problem. But let's say you had it in the past, you've addressed that and now you're good, but you learned this patterning of actually relying on and initiating with the hips on the way up. That's a problem because here's what happened. I actually have a demo here for you. So let's say I have this jump rope and it's, and it, and it's uh, reflecting here my hips and then the rest of my spine up here, okay? Just like a whip, if I were to go and initiate movement here and drive up with the hips first, what happens to the rest of the rope? It goes from being relatively straight to down, right? Because it's a, it's, a, it's a connected chain. Just like our whole body is a kinetic chain, just like our spine is a connected unit. When I move the pelvis up, the rest of it goes down. So that means you're going to throw and lurch your shoulders forward. Okay? Very much like that weakness in the mid-back, if the, the mid-back is, is giving out, the bar is gonna, your, your body is going to go forward 
with your head, with your shoulders, that's going to cause that forward lurching. Well, the same thing happens here. Just by initiating movement with the pelvis, I, I can cause that. But this goes back to what I said was the greatest squat tip I could ever give, and that is going to help a ton of you guys if you haven't applied it to this problem in particular, and that is when you get to the bottom of your squat, the number one thing you can do is to try to visualize your pelvis and your rib cage, your pelvis and your chest and your sternum, whatever it is that kicks in for you. If it's your whole chest, you can envision that scapular retraction too, so you can make sure you're staying there. But this and this need to move together. So if I were to take this rope and now I take it and I tighten it, and I keep that tightness and I move it together, now it moves up as a unit. First of all, it moves a lot more efficiently, and secondly, it has no more of that drag, which is going to cause that forward lurch. So lots of different things you can do there, guys. It really comes down to whether or not you are aware of your own problems. And, and again, as I said in the beginning, the number one thing you can do is record yourself. Try to get on the sides. That's where you're going to see these things most visibly. Or have one of your buddies or somebody at the gym train, you know, film you for you so you can actually watch it back. The thing is, these things become readily apparent. And if you need an app to do it, guys, I actually downloaded an app. Um, Iron Path is the name. I get nothing for recommending them. Although, Iron Path, if you're listening, maybe a trip to Hawaii or something, I'm sure you're going to get quite a few downloads today. But the fact is, it's a great app, guys. And, and it, at least it's a tool. It gives you, if anything else, it's giving you some feedback as to how bad it is for you and how much you're doing this. And that at least gives you a jump off point to correcting it. So, guys, I hope you found this video helpful. If you're looking for a program that puts the science back in strength, right? all this stuff matters. As a PT and a strength coach, guys, it all matters to me, both ends of this. i got to make sure that you guys are performing the exercises the best, getting the most out of them, and then ultimately, for the athletes that follow me, take it all out onto the field and perform better than ever. All this stuff is built into all of our programs. It's over at athletics.com. In the meantime, guys, tell me what else you want me to cover. I'll do my best to do that for you in the days and weeks ahead. All right, see you soon.